We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It is Afternoon Drive, and today a very special guest on a football Friday, on an F-off Friday. Somebody sometimes I like to tell F-off. It's Daryl Ryder. What's up, buddy? And I will happily... F off on a Friday. I actually think you and I have both said that to each other. It's it's always in good like you and I like to have sports arguments. That's different than real arguments. Spirited conversation. Yes. I don't like to call them arguments. I call them spirited yes. conversation. And everyone, especially when I was at nights, everybody used to think you and I hated, hated each, each other. other. And it we would laugh about it because that's what happens is you you get under each other's skins, you like you needle each other, then you snap at each other, and then like you, the microphones go off, and right. then you kind of laugh about it. Like, ah, oh, it's kind of a D there. My bad. <laughs> Tiger out of the cage. But uh, how you doing? I'm doing good. Well, welcome to the show. Uh, it's good to be here. Thank you for having me. Um, any chance we get, we'd like to have you here on the show. Uh, real quick, you guys can win a $25 gift card to Cowboy Food and Drink located in Chagrin Falls and qualify for the ultimate big game party package. Enter the word HOPES. By the end of our show at 923thefan.com to get registered to win. So here's how confident I was that everything I had heard was that Bill Callahan was coming back to Cleveland and was not leaving for Tennessee. Yesterday, we had Albert Breer on, who was leaving the Senior Bowl to go back to Boston to do his live studio show. Right. And I didn't even ask him about <laughs> Bill Callahan because I just, I like, everybody was so insistent. Whether it was anything you heard from a team, anything you heard from... I was the, insistent yes. that he wasn't going anywhere because, well, the, that's those were the indications I was being given. So I went like full Nick Saban, quit asking. I just stopped <laughs> asking about it because everyone was giving me the same answer. And so um, I'm downstairs. I, I did not get my cardio until after the show. I am 10 minutes into killing myself on an elliptical. I mean, we are on the the highest level of stairs. You're walking up there. I'm fat. It's not great. And a friend of mine, one of my best friends, one of my cabin boys, texts me, FML, Bill Callahan to Tennessee. I damn near fell off the because I was so caught off guard by it. Two weeks ago, not would not have caught off guard. Right. Last uh, yeah, last night was caught off guard. Oh, make so your, that's why you about fell off. Make your okay. joke. Yes, it's not cardiac problems. It's not the beatus. It's not. Uh, general fatness. No, it was the news. Or the, the hiking boots you're wearing. The hiking boots help. The hiking boots have traction. Okay? So I stay on there because of the traction with the boots. They're also called bleep kickers. But no, that was my... That's exactly when I found out Bill Callahan was leaving for Tennessee. Well, first of all, it's good that you didn't have a, a cardiac incident or you didn't kill yourself while doing your cardiac. That's fair. But that is a concern. For me, for you, as uh, I think that's a, a concern friend. for anybody that's walking by and sees me, <laughs> like like a hippopotamus, just <sighs> like there was there was actually a really a, a very attractive girl girl. She was like twenty five, woman. woman walking in, and there was a moment where she looked in my eyes, and there was like a look of concern, like that's not how that should look, <laughs> like. 
that man is that man's really laboring on a, on a machine that is not designed to put you through hell like that. And I kind of just had Wait to do minute. like the shrug, like the huh, yeah, I know I'm fat. Yeah, I kind of just had to do that. Sadly, I'm not having a hard time believing any part of this story. Yeah, yeah. like here's the thing: nobody looks good working out. Right. I look really not good. All right, like. If it's walking, oh, I make walking look sexy as hell. Anything past walking, and it is like, is he dying? Is this, is he already dead? It, do like, we need the paddles? Yes, do we, we need, need to the call paddles? Like, what is going on here? And then it takes him a few minutes. They figure it out. Right. I'm okay, because yeah. I just keep going. But yeah, Bill Callahan, not here anymore. Yeah, he, he gone uh, off to Tennessee. He's going to work for his kid. By the way, I, I I'm not a dad, but I just... I don't think I could ever imagine myself working for my kid and having my kid tell me what to do. Um, especially in football. Like, could 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 you work for any of your daughters? As lovely of human beings as they have become, against all odds, but as lovely as they are, could you imagine yourself working for any of your daughters? Probably my oldest. Okay, because I I I that's a, that's a sharp kid. The younger ones, they got to prove it. Yeah. Okay. But but conversely, you know, my dad and I, you you knew my dad. Our dream was always to have to this, work together. You to want, do this. You we, wanted to do the LeBron thing, yeah. where you got to. Well, he would be LeBron. Right. I would be Bronny Junior. Yeah. In this scenario, and one of the things we talked about is what made it cool is that he it wouldn't bug him if if I was the one versus, but it would have bugged me if I was the two to his one. Okay. It's just dads and their their sons specifically. It's a different relationship. Yeah. And so I. I think it's cool. I mean, Bill's son Steve worked for him, but, but Bill was yes. the number one. Yes, telling. Yeah, it's different when the right. son becomes the one. The, the one, no matter whether that's just how it's got to be. I mean, it's look. It's a great move for Brian Callahan because yeah. let's be honest about it. That rebuild in Tennessee is probably going to be pretty ugly. Yeah. Um, and if there's one area that you want to make sure you're really strong in while you're going through that rebuild process. It's the trenches, and especially on that offensive line. I mean, they don't have a franchise quarterback down there. Um, they're probably going to, you know, make changes to their run game. They're probably going to make uh, multiple changes on the defensive side of the ball. So if there's one area where, like, you know, I'll have to worry about it, it's it's like the offensive line, and obviously Bill solves that problem for him. And, and look, good on the Browns for allowing Bill to leave. because yeah, the, the suggestion that they shouldn't have is honestly pretty funny. Well, it, here's the thing. Do you really want somebody? And and I, I want to make clear, I'm not saying that this was the case, but like, if it's in his back of his mind the whole year that man, I, I wish I could be down in Tennessee with my son, but I'm I'm working the you know the, the rest of my contract hour. Like, do you really want to hold that guy back? No, well, and, and you don't. You you let him go where his heart is. And, and also, it's not the same thing as if you let him go to just any other team, right? So he's it's like, going to be with his kid. Like, you got to. There's know, always and, scenarios where people get blocked from jobs, and there's just an element of you got to get over that, right? Because you have a contract, and that's the way the league works. In right. this case, it's a, it's an exception to yeah. the rule. And it and, really and is. honestly, I think that, and I think this bears fruit that I think the most important hire Kevin Stefanski made when he took over this job was, was Bill, Bill Callahan. Callahan. And I think, listen, I think the most important spot. And this 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 fluctuates from each situation, but in in general, the most important spot and the most important assistant job, probably even more important to me than the coordinators, is the O line. 
Yeah. Because it's so hard to find a great elite, you know, like they're like five elite O-line coaches in the NFL. Right. There's like 10 really great offensive coordinators, 15 maybe great offensive coordinators. There's probably about 12 great defensive coordinators, special teams coordinators. The league is actually full of great special teams coordinators. O-line, you get about five. And after that five, the impact in the drop-off is huge. So I think it's a brilliant move for Brian Callahan because he's not just an O-line coach. Like that's one of the rebuttals that, you know, I heard from Browns fans was, well, I mean, it's not like the players are going to forget what he taught them. Right. And that's a gross oversimplification of what Bill did because a great offensive line coach is in charge of your gap scheme in 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 terms of drawing up a lot of the run fits too. Right. So like the O-line coach doesn't just go, uh, so you want to go ahead and kick step here. You want to go ahead. All right, you're a guard. You're a tackle. Like, they, they do more. And what Bill was great at was all of it. Right. He could teach technique. He could teach the proper way. He could develop offensive linemen. But he also constructed a scheme and constructed blocking schemes and gaps that these guys were good at. And that together... All of that, all the things, whether it was run coordinator, you know, O-line, teaching, you know, whatever, all of that makes him insanely underrated to the Browns' success. And I think you look back to this year. I don't know that there was a better, uh, like a proving ground for his worth than what the offensive line went through this year. Juggling tackles, breaking in Dewan Jones as a fourth-round pick who became arguably your best tackle, I mean, you had, you know, your guards were banged up, your center missed a game or two, and the offensive line kept finding a way. And by the end of the season, you're playing really high-level football with your fifth and sixth-string tackles, Bill Callahan. And and unfortunately, at some point, which was the Houston game, that caught up with you because your tackles ended up getting abused in that game. But you're 100% right. It's not just about... Teaching technique, um, you know, he not just the run game, but look at all the different quarterbacks that they had to adjust to. Yep. Just in the Stefanski era alone, they've had nine different starting quarterbacks. Five of those were this season alone. Yep. Um, and you, you, and they're diverse. Like they're they're not scheme quarterbacks. If you, if you get what I'm, yeah, saying like. They have different skill sets. Yeah, how you block for Deshaun is a little bit different than from how you, how you block Jacoby for Joe. Yeah, or yep. uh, you know Joe, or so um, th- to be able to adjust on the fly, yep. to be able to week to week scheme up. Hey, here's how we're going to handle these pass rushers, right? Here's how we're going to handle the run fits, the pull. I-, I think the Browns are one of the best teams under Bill Callahan in the pull guard game. Yeah. At where you have two guys in Wyatt Teller and Joel Batonio, especially Wyatt, who are just phenomenal when they get to that second level of a defense after pulling. Yeah. And you've got Teller with pancakes all the way 20 yards. The video that went viral during last season where he's 25 yards away from the line of scrimmage and still blowing fools up. And the officials reaching in the pocket wanting to throw a flag because the like he's shoving the guy for like 15 yards. Mm-hmm. He's just working him. And the the officials tempted to throw a holding there, but 
It's just it's textbook blocking. He's not holding them. Yeah. He just keeps pushing them back and 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 and, and winning that one on one. So that's where Callahan's really good. And I think that you bringing up Dewan Jones is the quintessential um, example yeah. of Bill Callahan's talent as a coach. Because, like, I'm telling you, after that rookie minicamp, I came away thinking, the NFL ain't for Dewan. Yeah. Sorry, kid, this, this ain't going to be for you. And then when he had to step in for Callahan, or Conklin, Conklin, I should say, yeah. uh, when he has step in for Jack Conklin, you're like, I'm sitting there thinking, Ooh, I don't know if DeWand is going to be ready. Mm-hmm. And then I saw him take three reps, and I'm like, he'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's just such a credit to the job that Callahan did with him. And DeWand, I mean, he made the uh, – I'm a member of the, the Pro Football Writers. Uh, we voted him on our all-rookie team, even though he didn't play a full season because he was just that good – um, at tackle for the Browns, and you know, I think that one of the conversations we'll be having over the course of the next six to eight months is about his future. Yeah. You know, is he a right tackle or is he now the left tackle apparent to re- to replace Jed Wills? And you know what? And and speaking of another guy, like I, I know I've been hard on Jed at times. I you know he's not um, not been a Pro Bowler. Understand? You know. People kind of expect that of top 10 pick, that that guy's going to be... Hasn't been consistent. Right. Yeah. He's an 80-20 player. Yeah. 80% of the time, he's fantastic. Yeah. But then you get the, that 20% of the time where he has a, he has a mental brain cramp, right? Yeah. Or he makes a physical error and it, and it costs him. I mean, the Pittsburgh game comes to mind where he just got beat like a drum because he had a brain cramp, and then it ended up in a strip sack fumble recovery for a touchdown, and that just really swung the momentum of that particular game uh, in week two. And that was even after they had already lost Nick Chubb for what ended up being the rest of the season. So Bill is just, he is the best of the best. You'll never find a player to say a bad word about that guy. He he is the quintessential dad. He's the qu- quintessential Sergeant Hulka. Mm-hmm. He's, the, he's the quintessential steel-toed boot up your backside if it needs to be. And he's the quintessential put put his arm around you and, and, and you know, talk to you man-to-man and really help you out when, when you need help. And, well, those, and those are the guys in the National Football League that are really hard to find but ha- that really bring the most value. And one of the biggest topics of conversation since the Brown season ended was what, what are the things you have to avoid to avoid a step back this year? And one of those things was – Uh, losing Bill Callahan. When we first got the initial whispers, Brian Callahan being hired in Tennessee, um, obviously his dad being Bill here, it had been, it had kind of turned from it looked like fait accompli that Bill would follow his son to Tennessee. And then the last like week or so, there was a lot of just pushback that that was no longer a certainty or no longer expected to be a certainty. And I think like Brian Baldinger, what, what he said about Bill Callahan, that's how people in the league feel about Bill. If Bill is not the number one offensive line coach in the NFL, he's number two behind Jeff Stoutland at, at Philadelphia. And so I don't think if the Browns are, listen, I think the Browns are well positioned for next year, but this is the kind of thing 
that creates doubt in my mind. They were an 11-win team last year, and honestly, if your offensive line does not keep it together last year, you don't win 11 games. And you you might not – I mean, the importance of that offensive line, especially – given how Nick Chubb was out, given how Deshaun missed multiple stretches of games and obviously missed the last seven or eight weeks of the season, the offensive line was the bedrock of your offense. And the bedrock of your offensive line was Bill Callahan. So I don't think if they do take a step back next year, I don't think it'll be one thing. Like right. I think it's I think it's overly simplistic to say, well, it'll be Deshaun. It'll be this. It'll be that. Right. But this is the kind of thing that destabilizes what, in the last four years, has been your strongest side of the ball, and not your strongest unit. Your ability to—I mean, Wyatt Teller, his ascension coincides with Bill getting the job. Um, Ethan Posick, two years ago, yeah. taking over for JC. That was a guy who was kind of just a guy in Seattle. He became yeah. a very high-level functioning center. Dewan Jones this year. I don't, again, I don't want to point it that, oh, this is the reason this thing could, I'm not going to go as far as bolding or wind saying, oh, it could collapse. Right. But this is that first step of something that could destabilize the Browns and now becomes a massive talking point moving forward on how do you replace a guy like Bill Callahan? How do you make sure this doesn't hinder you next year? Yeah. And, and there's a, a couple of tentacles to this too, right? I mean, you know, Ken Dorsey, who's to say he runs the same blocking scheme mm -hmm. that Alex Van Pelt? What you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. there there is a fit thing, you know. Look, the the bottom line and, and you know, this this is just what I have heard on the situation because there's like a lot of conspiracies out there afoot. Like, you know, oh, this is the, the Browns, the, you know, people they're jumping off the Titanic or mm -hmm. you know whatever. That, that's not what this is, okay? Understand um that look, this is a unique family situation. The Browns understood that, okay, that th this was an opportunity for Bill to be able to go down with his son who had just gotten his first head coaching job. It's going to be a nightmare down there in Tennessee, okay? It it's not a quick flip over, and hopefully ownership down there will be patient with it and allow Brian Callahan to, to put together what he wants to, right? But it it's a unique situation, and, you know, they sat down and had – in-depth conversations with Bill about the situation and his desire to to be able to have this once-in-a-lifetime type of professional opportunity, and they all just said, you know what, yeah, let's, you know, we can be grown adults about this, and yeah, you go, and you know, we're not going to hold you here in Cleveland, and and you know, we certainly don't want you resenting us, right, from holding you back from doing something that you know, might have been a, a personal as well as a professional goal because I think the personal part of it matters even more so than the professional. Mm -hmm. This is family here. So there is no ginormous conspiracy afoot here because of a, like a domino effect from changing AVP out to Ken Dorsey and, you know, uh, you know, Stump has been replaced by Deuce Staley and, uh, Reese has come in to be the new tight ends coach for McCartney and stuff like that. Like there, there, there's it. These are just normal changes that happen year to year. That's exactly uh, what NFL. I'd be. That's exactly how I'd be selling it if I was the Browns. By the way, well, but I, I mean, because what I mean is, I don't think that this is a. But I, I don't like it. It'd be different if like it was a childhood friend, 
right? Mm-hmm. Okay, it, it, if the new coach of the Titans was a childhood friend of Bill Callahan, and to me that's different. Mm-hmm. But you're, you're you're talking family here. Well, you, yeah. you grew you grew up in a football household together. Your kid is following in your footsteps, so to speak, right? He now gets to run his own organization on the field, and you get to go down there and help him do that. So I would just say, in the times that I've changed jobs in my life, it was never one thing. And in the moments where I was willing, and and obviously Bill's much older than I am. Bill doesn't have young kids to contend with. But every time, it couldn't have just been, well, the money's really good. Well, I like the schedule more. Right. Or I like uh, the opportunity more. Or this is what makes sense in this time in the career. So I do think, like, I'm not denying that I think the, 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 fam- the familial connections right. are the driver behind this. I do think the timing is very interesting. And there might be a little yeah. more than just a fit. Well, I mean, yeah. something like you, you kind of uh, mentioned the AVP thing. Like, if... Ken Dorsey, if the the system he wants to run, if if that is counterintuitive to what Bill wants to run or has run, and if that'd be a big change, that's something that should absolutely factor into. If this is a logical conclusion, if this is a logical parting point, not for the Browns, but for Bill, given just the dynamic change. We don't know his relationship with AVP or anybody else in the staff. But AVP was seen, uh, Albert Breer yesterday called him like a glue guy, yeah. like a guy that kind of tied everybody together. He kind of offset some of the, um, uh, not de- deficiencies, but some areas where Kevin could use, you know, Help. something that he doesn't have but the, but, built and that, in. And that's the whole point of that particular role. Yeah. You know, setting aside the whole nonstop conversation about who should be calling plays for the Browns. Mm-hmm. Setting that aside. Like that, that was a big part of AP, AVP's role was to do some of the minutiae that Kevin no longer should have to do mm-hmm. to help out with the game planning and put that together with, obviously, Kevin's oversight and approval and things like that, right? To drop in, whether it was the quarterback's room, to to work with those guys or jump in another position group or whatever yeah. and offer his two cents or his perspective or whatever. Yeah, and, and which is what, you know, Breer uh, was referring to in his, in, in his comments to you. Um and that, like, that's a great guy to have. Now, I don't know if that's the same role that Ken Dorsey's going to have with mm-hmm. the Browns, um, but you know, there is something to be said for having those type of people yeah. on your coaching staff. And it can be easy to fall into a pattern of dysfunction when, like, outside of Baker in 2020. They have had no continuity yeah. at quarterback since then. Yep. Okay? They, they've had limitation there because of injury. Um, and that's, that's hard to navigate. And AVP, Bill Callahan, like, they really helped Kevin Stefanski navigate that stuff. Yeah. Now, I realize 2021 and 2022 did not live up to the standard. Yeah. And I totally get that. This year lived above, this past season, I should say, lived above the standard. Yeah. Because if the Browns didn't make the playoffs this past season, I think we all would have understood why yeah. that was, right? Yet they did what good organizations do, and that is they found a way. They didn't make excuses. They just found a way. Yeah. And AVP, to, from my perspective and just based on what I know, AVP and Bill Callahan 
had lots to do with that. And I'm not trying to diminish Kevin Stefanski's role as the head coach, whatever. I'm just saying that, like, these guys that were on his staff did a real good job. I mean, Dave, New England hired AVP, mm-hmm. and he's going to go up there and, you know, do virtually the same thing for the Patriots. Except and, call plays. Except, yeah. <laughs> except for we'll get the, you know, yeah. get, get the call to plays, right? Um, and so that's a step forward for him professionally to get to do that again because AVP did do that for a little bit with the Bills. He did mm-hmm. it for a cup of coffee, but still. he um, and, and now Bill, he gets to go down and, and help his kid because his kid's going to need all the help he can get. Yeah. In ten- well, like, I mean, look- we get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Let's be be real honest about that. Brian Callahan did a great job in Cincinnati with that Bengals offense and also helped you add Joe Burrow. Yeah. Right? That helps. Yeah. But... And and Joe's not going with him to Tennessee. Yeah. But that's an uphill climb. That yeah. job that he took with the Titans is a steep uphill climb. So he's gonna need all the help he's gonna get, and well, he's gonna get it from his and dad. And you mentioned something, and I, I agree with the sentiment that people because to me, you know, we mentioned the 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 question or the topic, whatever you want to call it. Could Bill Callahan leaving cause the Browns to take a step back next year? And I said it's never one thing. And and sometimes we overcom or we we oversimplify things like this. Winning and losing, there's such a small margin between um, you know, seven and ten and ten and seven that there's just so much that goes into that. And yes, the quarterback, quarterback health, yes, that matters. Yes, the head coach right. matters. Continuity, it's your three most powerful things. Owner, um, GM, head coach, and if you want to throw in quarterback there, those things truly matter. But like I do think – I don't think this is rats jumping off a ship because right. so much of this was the Browns making the decision on AVP, Stump Mitchell, and on T.C. McCartney. But one thing I don't know is if there is this transitional moment, there is always a question. Football guys don't like things that don't look like what, it, what in their opinion, it's supposed to look like. What is it supposed to look like? A traditional setup. And I will say, the Browns have a non-traditional setup with the with the addition of D. Podesta, but a huge analytics department, a huge football department, gigantic coaching staffs, and that is different than what football people, tr- tried and true old heads, right. are used to. And so I'm I'm not here to say that well that non-traditional thing made a made an impact on Bill Callahan's decision. Or- I think I think Bill fit in extremely well mm-hmm. with the not as you put it the non-traditional yeah. cuz I don't even look at what the Browns do now, Nick, with all due respect, I don't look at what they do now as non-traditional. Mm-hmm. I think that is becoming the tradition around the National Football League except it, for the deep Podesta thing, but well, I'm not bitter about it. I just well, want to point that out. Yes, the Browns are the only team that has a quote-unquote chief strategy officer, as I'm doing air quotes around chief strategy officer here in the studio with you. But from that, I, I get that part of it. But every team in the National Football League has a pretty sizable analytics department. Mm-hmm. They're looking for an edge, whether that's 
you know, through the use of data and trying to find trends from not only their own trends, but uh, opponents' trends and stuff like that. Um, I, it's just, it's becoming more, to me, the, the, um, the quote-unquote old-school slash traditional elements, mm-hmm. those are starting, in my view, be, to become the outliers. I think that's fair. I, I would say, though, I do think there is a perception um, and I don't know if this is a Cleveland perception. It might be some of a Cleveland, but it's definitely a national perception that Kevin Stefanski does not have the traditional coaching powers that um, let's, and this is a bad comparison because he's Andy Reid, but Andy Reid has, okay. or that in, or that like Kyle Shanahan has where it, it, Kyle is the point man and everything runs around him. Even though John Lynch is a good football man, huge analytics uh, department, like you were saying. So I think one interesting thing, this is less I know it, and I think it's an interesting point to point out, is that we already had questions this week, meaning like on the show is just talking it out. You know, who made this decision to fire AVP? Who makes the decision to hire uh, uh, Ken Dorsey? And the Browns are going to say two things. They're going to say it's a collaboration, but Kevin made the decision. The Browns don't always tell the truth. The Browns don't have to tell the truth. And so there's so much speculation about the power dynamics and who truly makes decisions. How much is Kevin's piece of the pie? How much of, and so if the perception is, and one of the, one of the readings of this is going to be, well, yeah, he wanted to go to Tennessee with his kid. Right. He also might look at this and see if he feels, or if the feeling is that they decided to move on from some of these coaching staffs. And it was, it was a collaboration Wink, wink. But it was it was an encouraging. It was a, hey, you should do this. Or that contract extension could look a little different. Whatever the way you can dream that up, that a guy could look at that, like Callahan, who's been in the NFL, and say to himself, eh, maybe this isn't, maybe this doesn't have the, the stability that I think I should, and maybe it makes more sense to go to this situation. It's, it's, I think it's the perception of the power dynamics that open up questions on, all right, is this – because if you don't feel like your head coach is making that decision, you feel like that's dictated or strongly suggested, whatever you want to say, <laughs> you could understand an assistant coach as, as valuable as Bill saying, I'm going to have to read the tea leaves here. I know how the NFL works. I think this is a logical point. Like, all of a sudden, the decision is even easier to go down there and coach with my kid. And, and also, too, you're using – a lot of what was has been the trend under this particular ownership group mm-hmm. of sticking their yes influence, if yes. you will, uh, into certain situations, and, and that is the perception of what Paul Deepadesta right. does. Right, is that Paul has his hands in everything? He's, he's the puppet master, yeah, and, and everybody's yeah. out there doing his bit. He's the guy behind the curtain. And everyone out front is, you know, doing his bidding. And so and, you see people that you like and trust, and they go off to other places, and it might not be the guy who you've got to trust most, who's your head coach, making the decision right. or making it by himself. That you can understand how I think I, people get from A to B on yeah. why that could be a factor here. Not the factor, but a factor. Yeah. It, well, and Kevin Stefanski didn't have to worry about the offensive line when Bill Callahan was here. Now, I, I don't know who's going to replace him there, but I think it's fair to say he might 
have to concern himself now a little bit yeah. with what's going on with the offense. Yeah. Like that may be another little piece that gets added to his play as head coach. He's got to have an eye on that. Some unfortunate news to pass along in the uh, that has a, a little bit of a entertainment meets uh, sports tinge to it. The great Carl Weathers, who was Apollo Creed, he was Dylan in The Predator, he was Chubbs Peterson in Happy Gilmore, he was in The Mandalorian, fantastic in The Mandalorian. He has passed away at the age of 76. I just watched Happy Gilmore this morning. Oh, so it's... And, and I don't know why. Like, I, I, it just, I had one of the uh, streaming apps on my TV, and I was like, I want, you know, want something to laugh at this morning, whatever, get me in the mood to come in and spend five hours with you, put me in a real good mood. And so I'm like, oh, Happy Gilmore, perfect, boom. Mm -hmm. Watched it. I still laugh at the same jokes, <laughs> including Adam Sandler getting the crap beat out of him by Bob Barker. It's a great uh, joke. <laughs> It's a great Still the, movie. The hand thing with Chubbs. The, the, the hand, yeah. yeah. Or especially when I'm saying, you know, shakes hands. Yeah, yeah. it worked well for you. Yeah. Shakes his hand, yeah. crushes it, and then rolls his eyes. Still after the it, it. so it, that's funny because that movie gets really absurd at points. Yes, but the moment Mister, where he presents Mister. him, when he presents him with the alligator head, and and Chubbs falls <laughs> out the falls. window, and then it, it pans to Lee Trevino, who's just like continues to shake his head. I mean, you killed a legend. It's so funny. Um, I everybody will say Apollo Creed, and that's so that's so incredibly fair, right? To to go that there. is his. I mean, that's who I really remember him as. But like, he's so underrated as an '80s action star. I mentioned Predator. There's countless like, countless just good, just good cheesy 80s movies where Carl plays just a badass and but like then transitioning like that that Mandalorian stuff like it's uh it's damn good like I just just RIP to Carl Weathers uh that's sad news for a lot of us dorks out there uh that he is uh he's truly one of the more underrated uh movie sports centric people we've had yeah. so in the meantime we were talking about um the situation with the Browns the offensive line the impact of Bill Callahan leaving. And I think it's funny, like, you know, in in the nebulous, the O-line is now a question mark, a more of a question mark than it would have been. But there are, okay, Dewan Jones year two. That's a lot more in question now, depending on what you do with the O-line coach, whether it's you bring up Scott Peters, uh, Bill's assistant, whether you go for a guy like Mike Munchak, who hasn't coached since 2021, whether you go for Andy Dickerson of Seattle, who interviewed way back in the OC search, I think Dewand and Jed are my two biggest questions about, all right, you got one guy who's been here four years, has not been consistent in Jed. You got another guy in Dewand who, man, he's still so early in his career. This is the kind of thing you hope doesn't destabilize his career, his traje trajectory, because where he was when he got hurt, even with a knee and a shoulder injury, that dude was parking great defensive ends like Nick Bosa. Yeah, uh, and the trajectory that he was on—I mean, yes. he, he really shot up, right? Um, from, as I said earlier, from from a guy that I don't know if the NFL is for you to he is one of, if not the best, rookie offensive tackle uh, from this past draft class, um, and. The other thing that they have to contend with here is like Joel Batonio. 
Yeah. I mean, he's going to, Joel is double digits in seasons. Uh, you know, saw him a couple weeks ago at the Cleveland Sports Awards. He was in a walking boot. God love him walking up on stage in a suit, but a walking boot. Um, but it, at some point, they have to replace him. Yeah. I'm not saying, not saying immediately, but like when you look at the two to four year Browns plan, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. You have to, th- if you're Andrew Barry, you have to think in these terms. Like Wyatt Teller, same thing, right? Yep. You, you, so, yeah, I, I would say that the offensive line is in a little more flux than we would like it to be, or and, that we have been accustomed to it being over these last three to four years with Bill Callahan here. Well, and kind of what you're saying, they also have businesses, uh, business decisions. Joel and Wyatt are making a but ton of money this yeah. next year. And that would be a scenario where if Bill Callahan's here and you make a business decision on, let's say, Joel, a little bit older, right. you know, coming off a banged up season, if you were to make more of a business decision, there's a in Bill Callahan we trust. Yeah. Whereas whomever you bring in, I mean, I just, I go back to what Baldy said and Ross Tucker backed this up. Every place Bill Callahan has been when he has left, and this certainly counts for Washington after he left Washington, where that offensive line was one of the few things working, year one under John Matsko in in Washington, who is a well-respected O-line coach, that offensive line fell all the way apart. And John Matsko is an NFL legend, and it fell apart under him after several stable years with Scherf and all those guys, Chase Roulier, all those guys that Bill kind of built into who they were. Real quick here, Jim, welcome to the show, bud. What you got for us? Hey guys, just real quick. Look, I I see all these conspiracy Friday, but just just to throw it out, there, look, Bill Callahan's leaving. Okay, I, I get that, but Nick, they, there might be more to. Look, he was under contract. If his son wouldn't have got the head coaching job, guess who the Browns' offensive line coach would have been next year? Bill Callahan. I mean, so it's pretty hard to dice that out and say, well, there are other reasons. You know, you also said something about like rats jumping off a ship. That idea is out there. The Browns fired three guys, and he and he Callahan's going to coach with his kid. I'm only, unless they picked the rats up and threw them off the ship, which has ha- happened with the three guys that got fired, I don't know how you even envision that being that idea in somebody's head. I actually said I didn't like, agree with it. So I agree, that. I agree. But even the vi- visual out there, and you know this power struggle, and the, look, that's old Browns. That's the, this organization. There's no hint of anybody having more power than another. I mean, if Kevin Stefanski has a bad year, if they have a bad year next year and he gets fired, that could be because there was a power struggle between him and somebody else. It's because he didn't meet expectations. I just look. We're, it's a good organization that's probably had their foremost successful year since they came back. I just think that like we're looking for reasons to tear. We're looking kind of like for behind the. Sometimes, like, guess what? Coaches leave. Teams change staffs all the time. Bill Callahan is a damn good offensive line coach. You know what? He is not the only one that can coach offensive line in the NFL. The Browns' offensive line looks better next year based on the guys, veteran guys that are coming back. That it's ever looked. They have to actually figure out what they're going to do with the three tackles that they have. Yes, down the road, are they going to have to replace guys? Yeah, but every NFL team has to replace guys down the road. That's the NFL. And I don't think we're giving Stefanski enough credit. He's the head coach. He's the guy that builds the culture. He's the guy that's supposed to hold the team together. You've got to put your trust in him as the top guy. Nobody's going to Tomlin and saying, well, he lost his, you know. Guess what? Because Tomlin's the head of the snake. Jim, if, uh, Jim if Jim Schwartz had left this year, would you be concerned going to next year about the defense? Yeah, but he's a coordinator. He's not a 
Chiefs not a position coach. Yeah, I think you're massively under. So, so there's a few things here because you and I actually agree on a, a few things, like the ridiculous narrative about rats jumping off the ship and stuff like that. So, and thank you for the call. Uh, but there's a few things. One, there was a report about Paul D. Podesta helping making decisions, encouraging decisions by Charles Robinson as late as November. Um, we had Jason Lloyd on uh, this station earlier this week who talked about the Browns say things like collaborations, but there's still a lot of uncertainty about where these decisions came from. I'm talking about the AVP and all those. Yeah, I mean, the so, question if collaboration is a dog whistle for yeah, something else. And I, I think we get into these little things about, well, no, they're a good organization. Good organizations have complicated power dynamics. I mean, for 20 years. Look at years, the Patriots. I, I was going to go to the, the Steelers. For 20 years, um, when they'd have a down year, Kevin Colbert would be the guy in the draft, and then it would be Mike Tomlin would have the final say, and then they'd flip it back around. Those were the very complicated dynamics of that relationship, which, by the way, led to a lot of winning. So I understand, and I do agree that, yes, this, is, this organization's in a much better situation than they were four years ago. But when you lose a person like this, I'll go back to my own job history. Guys, it was never just one thing. When I've made career moves in a business that I'm fully invested in, it was always, there was the biggest thing, and so, then there were three or four things in there. What you're saying is the reason you came back to the fan was not because you missed me and others. That was like the seventh thing. Yeah, there were six things way more important, but like about a 1% there was, man, I really miss Daryl and just the occasional hosting with him and having him on the shows. That was right there. So okay. Number seven, maybe eight. Could be 10th, but definitely not the top six reasons. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.